0: Are you feeling stuck? Are you worried about what others think and this stops you from taking action? Do you need to find the proof that you're as strong and courageous as you wish you were? That's where I can help. Welcome to Finding Proof, a podcast where you learn to create the tools you need to reach the next level of your success. I'm your host, Dr. Tess Crawley. I'm an Australian clinical and forensic psychologist and an evidence-based success strategist. I'm on a mission to help you find the evidence you need to make the next courageous leap in your life, business and work. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Finding Proof Life show. Thank you for joining me today. Today I'm wanting to talk to you about uncovering some of the skill sets that you overlook, skill sets that you've already got tucked away skill sets that you take for granted and think that nobody would value. I've been doing a little bit of that work myself lately, and I am already starting to open the doors a little bit and push myself out into areas that I'm not known for, but are skill sets that I have that are tucked away, hidden away, that I've just assumed everybody can do. And over the time that I've been involved in social media, realized not everybody actually finds these things easy. Maybe I can help them learn how to do those things. I'm going to tell you about what that is in a minute. Basically, there's been a little bit of a a, a groundswell underneath me over the last six to 12 months. It's very much a very niche, dry area of my psychological practice, all to do with government funding, very dry, very boring, very uninteresting to anybody else kind of stuff. But what I've discovered over the past six to 12 months is that I had completely overlooked the amount of knowledge that I have in that particular area, assuming everybody else had that same knowledge. Now, I'm talking about Medicare-related funding and billing practices and reporting obligations. Very dry, very uninteresting to anyone who's not a private practicing mental health professional. And yet, what I've discovered is that the knowledge that I had taken for granted has galloped away from me. Hi, Naomi, has galloped away from me to the point that now I'm asked almost daily, if not more than daily, for my input or my advice or asked to answer a question. So it took me a good solid six months of that happening for me to stop and think, Why? Why is it so different, the knowledge that I hold, compared to what I assumed everybody else had? So I stepped back and had a little bit of an open look, an unbiased look at what my history was with that particular area of practice. I'm not going to go into it for most of you watching the show. You're not a mental health professionals. Some of you are, I know that, but you already know this stuff. But I'm going to talk about other skill sets in a minute too. So don't go away because you won't be bored. And what I discovered was that I, can you believe it? I had forgotten because it was such a long time ago and because I took for granted that everybody had this knowledge, I had completely forgotten that I was trained as a trainer. In this particular area of practice. How do you forget something like that? How crazy is that? And yet I had completely forgotten it. I had overlooked it and I had taken it for granted because my business had grown and my interests had changed and so much had happened over the past 10 years. And this was 10 years ago that I was trained as a trainer in this Medicare stuff for private practice. And so once I remembered I then went on a frantic search for my original train-the-trainer train, train the trainer manual. I used to train GPs, like family doctors, I used to train psychiatrists, I used to train other psychologists and social workers and occupational therapists who were all in private practice working in, with patients that had mental health concerns and were going to be adopting what was then a very new government-funded initiative here in Australia. And once that initial wave of training was done and dusted, we all as private practitioners just got on with the doing. And then over the years, things shifted and changed. And what came to my knowledge recently was that, and I didn't know this until I dug a little bit more recently, that new professionals coming into private practice, they would get their provider number, but they'd get no training. No one would tell them what they needed to do. No one would tell them how to do this Medicare business. Now that's all well and good on its own. People have to find out for themselves. But the problem is that if people were doing it incorrectly and were audited, there were financial consequences. They would have to pay money back to the government. So it's quite a scary prospect. So then Over the past few days, I've actually launched a training package which has been met with lots of excitement. People are really excited that somebody has pulled together all this information and boiled it down to its nuts and bolts and putting it together for a training program. So I'm really excited that it's been met with such excitement and I'm actually very encouraged that I was able to step into that place of finding the proof that I needed to be confident enough to say, I can do that training. Does anybody want to do it? Does anybody want to hand over some money and let me train them in this stuff? Hello, Kim. Good morning. So by finding that proof, by digging around and and uncovering that very specific training background that I had and that very niche, specific area of knowledge that I had taken for granted. I had to then step into that and say, I've got something unique and I'd love to share it. And so the next level was finding the proof that other people would value that. And I would never have known if I hadn't asked the question, who's interested? In a training around this very dry, very droll stuff. And me being me, I will make it a bit more animated. I will make it a bit more interesting. We'll have a lot of laughs along the way and it'll be, you know, in, in, as enjoyable as I can make it. I was talking to a colleague yesterday about when I was a student of psychology at university and my most hated subject in my undergraduate years was memory and cognition. I found it so boring. And then when I became a university lecturer years later, I was given the portfolio of teaching memory and cognition and I nearly died. It was like karma had come and bitten me firmly on the ass. And I had to say, okay, it's my job now. So how did I turn that preconceived attitude about that subject area. How did I turn that around? I decided it was my mission to inspire as many first year students of psychology to continue on with their studies. I made that the carrot that I dangled in front of my face. And... So I did, I stepped out there and I taught memory and cognition and I used examples from my cat as, uh, to illustrate some of the concepts that I was teaching and I got great reviews from the students. Now, that was a long time ago. But it's another lesson that when you've got a skill set, you can talk yourself out of being good at it because you've overlooked the importance and the value to others that that skill set brings. So this morning I put up a little poll on the Finding Proof page and I did it without overthinking it. I decided, and this is an idea that's been bubbling around in my head for quite some time, and I think it was triggered by realizing that I had that specific knowledge in Medicare that I had overlooked and I had this little noise in the back of my brain saying, I wonder what else you've overlooked. I wonder what else you've taken for granted. Now, I have talked before about having a history. Uh, You might not have seen me talk before about it, but I have certainly talked about being an actor before I was a psychologist. I was an actor, I was a writer, I was a painter and I was a photographer. And not everybody knows these things about me when they look at me as a business owner and I'm always talking about business and I'm talking about mentoring and I'm talking about confidence. I often overlook the knowledge that I gained from that part of my life. Now, obviously I'm quite comfortable in front of the camera. It's not rocket science to think that perhaps my experience as an actor might've informed why I'm so comfortable in front of a camera. Now I didn't wake up one morning as an actor. It was always in me, but I had to learn a bunch of skills. Now they're skills that are teachable. I can't teach you to be Kate Blanchett, I'm sorry, I wish I could, but I can't. But I can teach you how to dig into some of the skill sets that I now take for granted to improve your comfort in front of the camera. If that's something you want to do for your business, whether you're a creative entrepreneur or a mental health professional, it doesn't make any difference. If you want to reach the modern audience, you need to reach the modern audience and we use social media for that. Now. I didn't wake up one day being a photographer. There's a history to me being a photographer. My grandfather was a was very interested in in photography, and I grew up at his knee watching. He had this beautiful beautiful old camera with one of those fabulous leather leather cases like a leather hood that covered the whole camera. It was one of those leather cases shaped brown, beautiful tan leather, shaped the same as the camera. Hey Kim, I am talking to you. I know I am. And I used to love that camera and I used to love his photographs. And he would have slide nights uh, in the lounge room of their home, my grandparents' home, where I lived for a few years as a child. And there would be photographs of parts of Tasmania that are now no longer the same, wild, beautiful, gothic landscapes. And I know where all those slides are in my grandmother's house. Sadly, my grandfather passed away some years ago. But I know that photography was bred in me at my grandfather's knee. I also know my stepfather was an avid photographer. He was, uh, at the time that he married my mum, he was an architecture, st- architecture student. And he was a fabulous photographer and he had a, had a Pentax SLR camera and he gave it to me and I still have it. Sadly, it doesn't really work anymore. But that fed that interest in photography. So when I finished year 12 studies. I did two things. I realized straight away that I needed more learning. I wasn't done with learning. And I I enrolled in photography studies college and I enrolled in a theater school. And I learned a few things at at the photography studies college that inform how I do what I do now on social media. So for example, have a look at what you can see on this video right now you can see me you can see me fairly close to the camera there's not an awful lot of background noise there's the lovely green trees behind me that's outside my lounge room window now i'm very mindful of what's in my background and it's actually annoying me can you see this black splodge on the wall that's the frame of a picture that is on my wall that i was going to paint and never got around to Now, when I'm photographing, I would make sure that that was out of shot. And so to take a camera, a photograph, I would have moved my camera like this. And I probably could have done that for this live stream, but I wanted to use that as an example. I was thinking, so I'm always conscious of what is in my background. I'm also always conscious of the lighting. So I'm not using any fancy pants lighting. I'm just filming straight into my phone here, but I've positioned myself deliberately knowing where the light is, and I'm using the natural light around me as a lighting source. I do that with my photography as well. I never, I don't think I ever, I'm comfortable saying never use a flash with my photography. And when I was a photography student, I was the same. Some of my student colleagues, would, they would use studios and they'd be talking about the lighting equipment. And I'm like, what lighting equipment? My mission as a photography student was to take black and white photographs, high contrast photographs, only using natural light, source, light sources. That was my niche. That's what I did. And that was the photography I did. And every now and then you might see, I will post a black and white photograph and it'll be very contrasty, very, very stark blacks and whites. So today I posted on the Finding Proof page a little poll, just testing the waters to see what interests other people around the skill sets that I overlook. I overlook the fact that I have knowledge around photography. I overlook the fact that I have um, a history as an actor that informs how I do live streaming. So I put a a little poll on my Facebook page to see what whether or not people would be interested in being trained in those things. Now, it might turn out that nobody's interested, but I would never know if I didn't ask the question. Now, Kim's saying it frustrates her. Can't get reception at a nice place in my house. I keep trying different places and my reception drops out. Kim, my my secret with live streaming is I turn off Wi-Fi. I only ever use the phone reception. I don't know if you're already doing that and got problems with your phone reception. My Wi-Fi is not reliable enough for live streaming or for Zoom, which means I use a hell of a lot of data uh, piggybacking my laptop to my phone when I'm doing Zoom meetings and things like that, or Zoom-based trainings. So I would like to throw out a challenge to all of you to say, okay, what is my big picture label? So my big picture label is I'm a psychologist and I'm a mentor, but what other skill sets am I overlooking? I'm overlooking that I'm a photographer. I'm overlooking that I was an actor. I'm overlooking that I'm a writer. I'm overlooking so many different things that I'm now starting to recognize. And I would love you to start digging around. This is all about finding the proof in yourself that you've got skills that you've forgotten about or you've ignored or that you are assuming nobody else is interested in. Now I'm happy to use myself as a guinea pig, you know, walking the talk and, and putting that post, that little poll on Facebook today and see, test the theory that nobody else is interested in those skills. Now it might turn out that heaps of people are interested. I've got no idea. This The poll that I put up, I actually don't even, I've not done one. It's a different type of poll to what I'm used to seeing on Facebook. I don't know if it's going to show me numbers of people who are interested, but we'll see. We will see what comes. Um, so I'd love to challenge you. Kim is a good example. Kim's been doing a lot of Facebook Live videos lately and I've watched with great interest as you, Kim, have gone from uh, very, very tentative early Facebook Live streams to a daily video on um, on Facebook Live, uh, Facebook Live streaming in October. And I just watched the confidence blossom and the humor coming through and the comfort in what you're talking about. And sometimes we just need to test the waters, don't we? We need to find the proof that we can do these things. We need to find the proof that we're good at these things. Because why are you interested in doing it? You're interested to do it because it's good for your business. I know that. But you're also interested to do it because there's something in you saying, I think I could be good at this. I think if I just could find the right little spot, I could be really, really good at this. So whether it's photography for Instagram to get... Hear Kim say she loves it. And I know that early on, it was something that you really battled with. And I'm so glad you love it. It's become joyful for you because you found the confidence. It's awesome. It's been wonderful to watch too. So have a listen to what you're telling yourself. Have a listen to the things that bring you energy and bring you joy. Photography brings me so much joy. I'm always taking photographs. I love live streaming, st- live streaming because I love connecting with an audience. When I was acting, I was mostly acting in the theatre, and it was about that connection with an audience. And interestingly enough, I find that Facebook live streaming, as opposed to pre-recorded video, Facebook live streaming makes me feel like I am connecting with an audience, and, I, and that's partly why I love it too. Um, so this is an interesting comment from Kim. She's saying, "I still have to overcome obstacles about how I look when I vlog." And look, I think that we are all our worst critics when it comes to how we look when we vlog. I know that I'm very critical of my neck. And I think uh, a lot of people, as we get older, we start noticing things about our chins and our necks that we don't particularly admire. Uh, And they weren't there when we were younger and firmer. Um, But I try very hard to be compassionate with myself about that because that's not what people are watching. People aren't interested in my neck and what my neck is or isn't like. People are interested in the message I convey. And Kim, people are very interested in the message you convey as well. And I think it's really important to be as real as we can be. And let's face it, there have been so many criticisms about representations of age, diversity, body shape in the media, that the more real people share their unique skills and talents on social media and elsewhere, the more we're inspiring others to do the same. Because so many people assume that they're not interesting enough, assume they're too old, assume that they don't look the way that all the models look. Let's face it, half the models in media these days are somewhere around 12 to 15 years of age. They're not real grown-ups, they're kids, dressing up as grown-ups. Morning, Chris. Welcome for joining. So I would really love it if some of you would have a little bit of a think and then perhaps in the comments section of this live show, throw in some ideas that spring to mind for you. The things that you love, the things that energize you, they can be hobbies. They don't have to be anything to do with your business. Things that you're passionate about and you love improving yourself in And then I'm gonna ask you to have a think about sharing that knowledge with others and how you might do that. I like to think of us all as being a little bit like a mirror ball. We've all got facets, different facets that make up who we are. Now we'd be pretty boring if, I'd be pretty boring if every single part of me was about psychology. Big part of me is about being a parent. Big part of me is about being a wife big part of me is about being a business owner and huge part of me is about being a creative. And I don't often talk about being a creative and maybe, maybe that's something we all need to have a think about. What are those untapped, fabulous, jewel-like skills and talents and interests that you're overlooking and you're not sharing? I'd really love you to have a think about that. So that's the live show for today with a little bit of homework thrown in for good measure. I hope you have a fabulous day. Thank you again for joining me live, those of you who are here. And for the rest of you watching in later on, please have a think about those beautiful skill sets that you're overlooking. Dig around. Find some proof within yourself that you've got things that you've been ignoring, things that you've forgotten you had, or things that you are too shy to share. Be brave, put it out there and see what comes. That's it for today. Have a fabulous week ahead and I'm sure to see you again very soon. Bye-bye.